Hello everyone and welcome to CIO Sparks. This is your host Andrew Mendes. In CIO Sparks, we get a sneak peek in the lives of CIOs and how they stay ahead of the curve. So, if you're in the world of IT or digital transformation or anything digital, this is the place to be where we get to talk to interesting folks from around the world and learn a bit about them, what they do and what excites them. This episode and this podcast is proudly in partnership with Kianda Technologies, the most flexible no-code platform there is. Check them out at kianda.com. All right, in today's episode we have someone all the way from the USA. So, before we get to that, ensure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to. You can also watch this as a blog on YouTube as well. All right, so I'm going to right jump into today's guest. Once again, welcome to CIO Sparks. Lacey, um, many thanks for accepting our invite and uh, I know you must be busy. So first of all, thanks for being a part of it. Uh, what I would you know, request you to do to begin with is, you know, rather than me giving an intro, maybe you can crash into that part of it. You know, tell us a quick brief about yourself, about what you do and what excites you uh, today at work. Sure. So thank you so much for having me. My name is Lacey Tizano. I'm the director of IT at the Menninger Clinic, a premier behavioral health facility here in Houston, Texas. Uh, the most exciting thing about my job right now is trying to figure out ways to enhance the patient experience through technology. That's what I'm focused on. So happy to be here today. Brilliant. All right, so um, I, I think the last two years has essentially changed the role for a lot of, you know, uh, CIOs or let's maybe start with that. Yeah, what what has changed uh, in the last two years and what are the key learnings from that whole episode? Yeah, I mean, so many lessons learned, right? So I don't think any of us could have been prepared for how quickly business changed, how quickly life changed, but uh, what we did realize was how can IT teams and business teams and people across the world, how can we quickly mobilize and find ways to stay connected when you're not in person, right? And so for the business side of it, we had to find ways to connect, and we did that. Our team here at the Menninger Clinic, we set up and deployed Microsoft Teams in 10 days to just under you know 400 staff members. And so if you would have asked me a few years ago how long it would take us to implement Microsoft Teams and get you know this type of platform going, we would have had a project plan that was about six months and training and a, you know ways to increase adoption. But we just plowed through it and 10 days and we had everyone up on Microsoft Teams. We had lunch and learns for people to learn how to use it. And so I think seeing that for ourselves, that we could do that in 10 days really showed us that 
when you know when your back is up against the wall or when you really have to figure it out that's when you get creative and in that mode it was about survival it was about keeping things going right there was a lot of adrenaline in the beginning of the pandemic to find business solutions for the need and then it started to fizzle right after the adrenaline started to come down and we weren't in like the survival mode anymore it was what does business look like now right what do our from a technology standpoint what do our users need to be productive in their jobs and then how do we keep patient data safe secure how do we improve the patient experience while we're in this unique time so we have learned a lot about just staying on our toes looking at the market finding out what are other people doing to solve for some of these unfortunate situations and how do you um, make them a positive experience. So we've learned a lot. And and talking about your team, uh, so how big is your IT team? How many members are we talking? Uh, so we have 18 uh, staff members in our IT department that um, service just over 500 total employees. Brilliant. And uh, so in terms of the work environment, where are we right now? Are we on a work from home or a hybrid kind of a situation? We're still on hybrid, and we just began that in June. Uh, when the pandemic started, everyone from the IT team was working from home except our service desk. So those that actually needed to be out, um, actually touching the equipment, they stayed on site the entire time. And then the rest, our application engineers, our clinical applications team, network, everyone else was at home. So right now we're in a hybrid schedule, um, and it's working out well. People are enjoying it. Great, that's that's great to know. In fact, uh, I think the role of IT has gone beyond, or I would say, I wouldn't say accelerate, but it's like you said, push to the wall kind of a situation, and you've come up with a lot of creative ideas. But having said that, I, I know that also means you must be using a lot of suppliers, a lot of technology. I mean, there's, there must be a lot of things that are happening. So to start with, who, who are your key uh, suppliers or technology platforms that you know that you essentially use or on a daily basis so um there for some of our normal it assets you know you think about when the pandemic started everyone was ordering supplies everyone needed laptops cameras microphones i mean it was unbelievable it felt like the hunger games trying to find equipment and so we were getting um this equipment from anywhere everywhere we were who can get logitech cameras tomorrow you know who can get these microsoft headsets and and we were on just you know um, on a procurement spree of really just trying to secure what we needed to keep the business going um and so right now we're still in um sort of this uh this in-between space of finding what's going to be our standard technology offering for our patients and for our staff. So we're trying out all different, I mean, right now, um, I'm young in my career, I'm open to different vendors. So I take all type of manufacturer calls, dealer calls, um, we get a quick, it feels like Christmas around here. You know, we get a new, you know, all these packages keep coming and everyone says, what's the IT department doing? And so um, one of the really um, exciting new setups that we have for conference rooms is we use uh, Crestron, we used uh, a Microsoft Teams room, and we used Urbean, their um, amazing uh, cover case for a conference room. And
and and I, I have seen a uh, some sort of interest and correct me if I'm wrong here and I think you did mention about it which is around uh, virtual reality or oculus uh, in that aspect tell me a, a bit more about that space I think you guys are doing some uh, experimentation it, it looks insightful so should yeah. I wait? so really what we looked at is uh, how do we improve the patient experience through technology? And when we look at our patients here and behavioral health and their needs, we have a lot of patients that come with depression and severe anxiety and have some situations that are escalated while they're in our care. So we needed ways to bring them into a calming environment, bring them exposures and experiences that would allow um, our staff to de-escalate situations, allow them to relax. So naturally, we started looking at immersive rooms, projection mapping. So could we create calming environments that way and virtual reality? So we um, have an Oculus Quest 2 headset that we're piloting and we are creating um, Menninger specific videos um, that we can like take a patient to the beach or take them to a rainforest if they want to go or to the mountains. So we have Oculus. We're also trying another product um, called Sias, and that's out of Barcelona, and we are loving that product. So I'm piloting that with um, our addictions counselors. So patients that are here need to be able to have exposure to the outside world, right? You're in inpatient treatment. If you're um, an alcoholic and you need to be able to see how does it feel walking into a bar, we can put the headset on. It's, it's um, therapist-led, so it gives them that exposure and that temptation and allows the therapist to walk them through that experience in, in a safe way. So exposure therapy is something that we're looking at um, and piloting with the SIAS uh, headset. Sorry, when it comes to VR, again, are, are these being something that you are managing in-house, as in are you developing this in-house, or uh, do you work with partners in that aspect of you know, developing that ecosystem or the software or the experience? That's a good question. Right now, we're looking at both. So for Oculus, um, you know, those experiences we're having to create ourselves, right? So we are outsourcing video creation for these uh, 360 videos that would give us those serene nature environments. And mm -hmm. so Oculus is more of us trying out um, our own way and our own approach. And then we're looking at partnering with SIAS because they already have the content developed. They have um, the exposure and the experiences already built into a portal. They give you an account. They give you the headset. So we're looking at both. Do we want to grow this ourselves? Do we want to create treatment plans through virtual reality? Um, do we just want to use it for that relaxing, calming, or do we want to incorporate it into our treatment? So we're we're um, we're babies in the VR world, but we're highly interested and in, and in definitely dipping our toe in the water. Great. And and going back again to the work from home or hybrid work environment, um, you know, I think it's a challenge when it comes to managing team. And you know, for someone like you who have a, a large team, you know, how do you do that? Is there is there something that you have cracked? I would say in terms of. Um, something that you know the rest of the world don't know, uh, or maybe some interesting tools that you might. I mean, when it comes to managing your own team or intra-team communi communications, uh, just beyond Microsoft Teams, have you seen something that's worked for you? 
Yeah, so there's a couple things that we do that I think have increased employee engagement in our department through this hybrid um, experience. We create and, and we have set up um, intentional touch points each month that are uh, non-business related. So we have like monthly IT birthday celebrations that we do uh, via Teams. We have um, we, we take walks together. We have coffee breaks that we intentionally set up where you come and you can just chat about anything and you're not even allowed to talk about work, which allows that human connection to come in. So when you're on Teams meetings, you think about, we used to walk down the hall together. We used to have small talk. Now, a lot of that's missing. So we have to fill that in. So setting up intentional um, meetings that are not about work is one thing. We have monthly IT town halls where we have team members spotlight and we have fun icebreakers and team bonding activities that we do. Um, and then I think when people started coming back into the office, we, we um, optimized our break room. So our break room now has games in there. It has Netflix. It has an Xbox. It's an ability for you to get away from your desk and actually have a real break. We bought a massage chair. So our team is able to actually schedule 15 minute breaks to go into a dark room with a massage chair and just decompress. So we have really learned from this pandemic that work-life balance is not just going to work from eight to five and balancing your evening. It's how do we balance the entire day with social interactions and, and fun and then work, get to the hard work and then take a break. And how do you balance that? So I think once everyone truly figures that out, which is how do you have balance in the entire day, not just in the evening, um, you're going to have more satisfied employees and you're really going to, you know, we use that work-life balance very loosely, but when we truly figure out how to balance the entire day to get work, life, everything done, you're, you're going to see a shift. We're already seeing a shift. So you're saying it's not just the technology. Of course, the human component uh, plays a larger role there, isn't it? Uh, yeah, 100% right now. You, you, people are fatigued. People have... Microsoft Teams Zoom fatigue. They need to see people off of a screen and they need to know that it's more than just work. And then when you have to hop on Teams or you have to hop on Zoom, you already have that connection and you can you can have more meaningful business relationships. Yeah. Now, going back to, um, you know, Teams and Zoom meetings, uh, what, what would you say might be the two or three most overused words or sentences. I, I know something that we all would consider would be saying that you're on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say the top one, but you know, is there any uh, top top other three that you might have found in your experience? Hmm. Um, when, when people come on, you know, and they're sharing their screen, uh, they always ask, okay, can you see my content? You know, uh, and, and of, of course we can see it. You're sharing your screen. Um, and then, you know, I think we over apologize in this Teams and Zoom. You know, we have different windows open. Oops, sorry, I didn't mean to share that screen. And, you know, where we wouldn't in person because that's just not the interaction. So um, 
teams and there's a, there's a lot of apologizing. There's a lot of uh, cutting each other off or interrupting. If someone's video is not on, oops, sorry, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Um, so, and, and I'm sorry. It's just like, yeah, a lot of apologizing. Like, let's just get to the meeting. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true that. Anyway, on, on a personal side, as in, you know, in terms of your own professional and personal growth, um, I know in a different world, we were all about going to events, meeting people, learning from peers, and of course, doing our own research online. But you know, last two years has been quite different. So question to you is, how do you keep yourself updated and how has that changed over the last two years? So I would say my biggest go-to is LinkedIn. I am very active on LinkedIn. Um, I have uh, a feed that um, I feel very satisfied with. I have the right subscriptions. I'm following the right people to stay plugged into the industry and what are you know new products, what are other organizations doing in the technology space and their team engagement space. And so if I can just spend every morning 15 minutes scrolling and interacting and engaging with other professionals through LinkedIn, I feel really good about that. Um, and then I have two um, uh, morning reads that really keep me plugged in. It's the Emerging Brew subscription and then uh, the Emerging Tech Brew, sorry. So the Emerging Tech Brew subscription um, and then Morning Brew. And so I read those every morning and um, that just gives me, okay, what's going on in the industry? What are some new things coming up? And they're kind of like your casual coffee talk, right? It gives me talking points, keeps me in the know for the day. So I would say LinkedIn and Morning Brew are my two go-tos to uh, stay kind of up with the market and what's going on. I know we started with this, you know, in terms of pandemic and its effects. Um, but you know, if if I am to if I am to put it in, let's say three points, yeah. I mean, something that you are personally proud of. I, I know you we we started with this when you said you implemented Microsoft Teams in ten days. Normally, that's would have happened later on. But beyond, you know, use of technology and any of that, I I would say if you are to let's say highlight three learnings for you as a professional, you know, as as a director of IT or CIO. Uh, from the pandemic, what would be those three lessons be? Um, that's a great question. I think my first lesson would be to pay attention to where you're spending your time. I think we really understand now that work and our personal lives have to be balanced in a way where we are spending our hours as optimally as possible. So we are the most efficient at work so that we can spend time in our personal lives. So my first lesson from all of this is, is to really balance out where I spend my time and pay attention to that. The second thing is I have learned to um, pour into my professional relationships. So my friendships that I have at work. Because it was a daunting year and uh, year and a half continues to be um, where you're constantly asking yourself, what am I doing this for? And you're craving human connection. And 
I have these close friendships that I've developed at work that, um, you know, we have, we continued to have lunch together virtually until we could get back in person and have lunch. So it was very important to keep work friendships intact and to feed into those. And then I would say the third lesson that I've learned is that you can continue to grow your career um, virtually. So what I mean by that is LinkedIn has really changed so much of my perspective about what I can do as a professional, what connections I can make, what panels can I be on, what workshops do I need to be going to to actually stay connected. And I think this last year I have grown more uh, professional relationships. I've grown more confident in just my ability to uh, be the subject matter expert in the room and to just really figure out um, what's my my next direction and where's where's my path leading. Great. That I, I think those are some brilliant points, Lacey. So um, having said that, um, you know, going to your own personal growth, and, and I've seen this from your LinkedIn, uh, you, you've also committed and, and uh, you know, delivered a couple of your own personal projects. That's something that you're passionate about. So uh, tell me about that. Uh, that. I think that's something that's close to you. So yeah. Uh, so uh, I am very passionate about uh, being intentional about the relationships we have in our lives with those that we love the most, whether that be um, the mother-daughter relationship, the husband-wife relationship, um, you know, the friendships. I, I, I am all about beautiful, engaging relationships. So I created a very personal product after my mom passed away that um, is called Passport Journeys. It's an app for intentional bonding, and it gives activities for mothers and daughters to do and tangibly track. So it's my first app that I've developed um, I outsourced it with a, a, a couple of guys out of Haiti, and we got the project up and running. Um, and then I created a second journey for parents and young kids at home through the pandemic with 20 unique activities to keep their kids meaningfully engaged. So I definitely have a passion for um, app creation and how to um, allow people to track their relationships in a meaningful way. So that's been my most exciting recent project is uh, the new app that I created. Great. Now, uh, you said focus on creation. Now, I, I think as professionals, that's something that that's that's kind of for some people, that's kind of luxury. For you, I see that's kind of a privilege that you have on a daily basis, as in, you know, you're working on working on things that affects people's life, right? So if I'm to say three things that you're most proud of in terms of be the outcome that's, you know, that's come so far or be the things that's still work in progress. Yeah, specifically speaking about, let's say, telehealth or mental health or the virtual reality gig that you're speaking about. So what would, would those three things that would be like the highlight of your your own personal career, you know, in terms of things that you're most proud about. So I'll tell you what brings me back to this place every day, and what lights me up is not the Excel spreadsheets and it's not the expense report and the budget planning, right? 
Um, there, if I had to highlight three things that I'm most proud of and things that really fill me up at work right now, the first is uh, the patient experience project. Uh, every day I think about how do we improve the patient experience while they're here at our hospital through technology. And I'm looking at all kinds of things, not just virtual reality and massage chairs, but we're looking at what type of um, media players and, you know, headsets and what anything from technology that can contribute to their experience that lights me up. I think about it every single day. And then I would say the second thing is how do we uh, optimize the hybrid meeting experience? So you have some people that are at home, you have some people that are in the room. How can everyone be seen and heard and have good audio, have good video quality and be engaging to those in the room and to be engaging to those that are at home? So nailing the hybrid meeting experience is like a personal uh, challenge of mine. So that's uh, something that also lights me up. And then I would say the third one is um, staff engagement. I am most proud that we have a team that is excited to come to work, um, that we have uh, just a level of engagement right now where everyone wants to grow, everyone wants to be included, and I feel really good about that. I think that's those are things that anyone could be proud of, and, and I think you are in a very, very, very happy and good situation there. So all the best with that. Um, just maybe one last thing that I have to ask. So, if you have to go back to a time machine to your younger self yeah and uh, tell your younger younger self these are the three things that you need to follow or these are the three most important learnings and and not just your younger self anyone who you know wishes to grow in their career what would those three advice be I would say the first and most important thing that I tell um, any of my mentees or interns or younger people that are around um, that are just getting into their careers, I tell them, always lead with your heart. So no matter what, I think that being a leader that stays plugged into what is the right thing to do, um, and if you lead with your heart, it's going to take you there. So that's the first piece of advice. I would say the second is to understand that you need to be in love with the work that you do. And if you're not, go find that. Go find work that lights you up, that makes you excited to do it. The money will come. Just find work that you love to do is my second point. And then I would say third would be, I said this earlier, but be cognizant about how you spend your time. So we all have about 720 hours a month. It's a gift that we have. So if you know that to be your best self, you need to be spending your time and you need to be spending those 720 hours a certain way, map that out, write it down. How do you want to spend those 720 hours to be your best self and then stay close to that? Spend your hours. Be very, very protective of how you spend your time. Yeah, so I think the key takeaways from even, you know, having talked to you, you seem to have two or three most important points. One is time and relationships. So uh, that's personally, I think those are foundation for anyone to live happily. So brilliant points there, uh, Lacey. So 
Uh, one last thing again. Sorry, this is going to be the last thing. <laughs> so, I think we spoke about this is that, um, you know, now that we are in a hybrid or online work environment, and you must have seen this as well, when it comes to business relationship, especially sales or business vendors, especially for you, right? A, my question is, how is how has that process changed for you? As in, in terms of identifying a vendor that you want to work with, yeah? How, how has it changed in the last two years in terms of the process? of identifying a vendor, that's one. Second, you know, if you want to put a message out there to all the vendors or partners who's trying to reach you, yeah, <laughs> what would your advice be? Um, so I think the difference now, uh, what has changed is that leaders are inundated with LinkedIn inbox messages and cold calls and emails and um, it's so hard to sort through all of those. You do not, there's not enough time in the day to run your business and actually entertain all of the vendors that you have that are approaching you. I think that it's important for vendors to um, actually take time to find out what type of problems are these leaders facing. So, for example, uh, I am facing an issue with nailing this hybrid meeting experience. I need solutions that are going to make it easy for people to be seen and heard well in these hybrid settings. So if a vendor pops into my inbox and the title is, I can solve your hybrid meeting experience, I'm going to open that email, right? So we are looking to solve problems that are right here at our windshield, but also that we know are coming in the next three to five years. So vendors need to be more specific about the problem they can solve instead of more of this cold call, like, have you heard of us, Lacey? Or do you think that you would be interested? I'm not interested because I don't have time. You know, there's no time, but it, I will be interested and I will stop in my track if you are pitching something that I am having a problem with right now. And so getting to know these leaders, finding out what their organizations are struggling with, and then fitting yourself, inserting yourself as a solution for our specific problem. People will bring solutions and they'll call about things that we don't even offer here. And I'll say they didn't do any research at all. They don't even know that we're a psychiatric place. So I think it's being my advice for vendors is get to know your audience, understand what problems they're facing right now. Because I'm right now, the way that we're reacting and the way that we are doing business is we are trying to get everyone in a normal, stable place. And we need solutions now for what we're facing right now. So um, just tailor your solutions to our problems. Lazy, many thanks for um, for being a part of CIO Sparks. Uh, and uh, I, you know, I should say it, it was some very important points, even for me on my own personal growth there. So many thanks for being a part of uh, CIO Sparks with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much.